You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Come back, pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, what a special day it is. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everyone. And thank you for all that you do for the kids out there. Dads are a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, it's the best job in the world. And we appreciate all the dads out there for tuning in today. We also know that today uh, can be an emotional day for a lot of people. I, I lost my dad right before my 18th birthday and think about him every day. And he taught me well, man, I learned from the best. So I know that uh, I carry on the tradition that he did being my dad. And I know that uh, he would think this is pretty cool that uh, his boys hosting sports on a Sunday morning. Well, I have to think that he is uh, listening on a weekly basis. Uh, and, um, a very uh, special day for a lot of people I know and emotional. So we are with you on Father's Day, and we also know it's a great, great sports day. I mean, just a spectacular sports day. Michael just told you the spectacular weather. Now I'm going to tell you about the great sports day. A little chilly up in Boston, to be honest. I was watching that U.S. Open. Put a coat on up there. It's like still spring up there. Uh, Down here, we're having just a beautiful, beautiful summer day in St. Louis, and the surrounding region, and the Cardinals are at Fenway Park, first and foremost. They're taking on the Boston Red Sox. They're going to try to take another series from Boston. Remember last time they did that? Yeah. We're going to see if St. Louis can pull that off again. Uh, Boston had our number for a long time, you know, football, baseball, so... You know, we're, we're starting to put a little something together against them. Anyway, I thought yesterday was great, and I said this earlier this morning. I thought that Friday's loss, if you can count a loss as being a good loss, was the best loss of the entire season. I mean, they lost the game, and I don't like losing. But when you put four in the ninth and put some heat on a team that was up 6-1 to one on you, I thought that was a huge boost for the rest of the team going into yesterday, and my gut feeling was correct. I thought the Cardinals would come out flying on Saturday, and did they ever. First inning, Nolan Arenado, he already went over the Green Monster once. This time he went over everything. 3-2 pitch with Goldschmidt running at first base. Arenado hits it high. He hits it deep. He hits it out of here. Two nothing Cardinals with two outs in the first. Crushed by Nolan Arenado, second home run in as many days, and the Cardinals were up two zip, and they would not let up. Top of the second, Dylan Carlson. There's a shot down the right field line. Fair ball. That ball hits the sidewall, rolls, 
And Bradley picks it up in the corner. O'Neill scores on a double. With the runner going, O'Neill just trotted home the last 30 or 40 feet on the double ripped down the right field line by Dylan Carlson. 3-0 Cardinals. Cardinals up 3-zip. It was 3-1 in the fourth. No problem. Here's Nolan Gorman. And the 1-2 pitch from Cutter Crawford is hit high in the air. Out to deep center. Duran back looks up and gone. Long home run to center. About five rows deep. And Nolan Gorman hits a long one. His fourth home run. He drives in his 13th, and it's 4-1 to one, St. Louis. Boy, when he hits them, they go a long way. Nolan Gorman with the home run there. It's 4-2 to two in the 6 with Tyler O'Neill up. He says, okay, I see that. Watch this. There's a bomb to center field, and that ball is gone. Straight away center field, big fly, Tyler O'Neill, and he put a charge into that one. And the Cardinals now lead 5-2. to two. Is Fourth home run of the year. You heard John Rooney and Dan McLaughlin. That's Ricky Horton. He had the sixth, and he had some frame as the Cardinals just kept bringing him to the plate. Tommy Edmond. Base is loaded, and Edmond at the plate, and he hits that up the middle. Base hit. One run scores. Here comes another. Bader rounding third. He's going to be safe. He slides in after Dylan Carlson has scored, and the Cardinals tack on two more. And they weren't finished. Here's the hottest hitter on the planet, Paul Goldschmidt. First baseman, here it comes, and there's a little uh, flare, and it's going to drop in center field. One run scores. Here comes another, and on to third base is Donovan as Paul Goldschmidt has driven in two more Cardinal runs. It's 9-2, and the big inning continues. I can hear Cardinals fans, a lot of them at Fenway Park. Here's a little bit more, Nolan Arenado. 2-2 delivery to Arenado is hit to the right side. Base hit. Past a diving Trevor Story. He drives in Donovan. And the Cardinals now lead 10-2. My goodness. Cardinals get the win. Final score was 11-2 after the game. Dan McLaughlin with Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado, back-to-back games with a home run here at Fenway Park. We were talking yesterday. You like this ballpark, don't you? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's just an unbelievable atmosphere. Probably the best atmosphere in the game. And, uh... You know, they play the music loud, and obviously that big wall is pretty enticing. And uh, I, pull, I pull homers. That's what I do. And I've been fortunate enough to get two out to the, the series. But I'm seeing you go the other way. Does that mean you're starting to get a little bit more locked in, letting the ball get deeper? Exactly. I think so. You know, that's a great sign. I've been working really hard about letting the ball travel, using the big part of the field. I mean, to be able to have success uh, in this game, that's what you got to do. You know, I'm seeing Goldie do it. I'm seeing the best hitters do it. And I feel like when I'm at my best, that's what I'm doing. You saw Goldie a lot in the West. Have you ever seen him like this? Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, I mean, he, he's broken my heart a few times in Arizona, but this has been unbelievable, and I'm just I'm just thankful that I'm on the right side of it. Tell me about the atmosphere here, because there's a lot of Cardinal fans here. You know the Boston Red Sox have passionate fans. What's it like from the players' perspective? Oh, this atmosphere is unbelievable. I mean, obviously the Red Sox fans, they pack the house, they get loud, but, I mean, it's just unbelievable being part of the Cardinals and just being part of a fan base that just travels like this, man. It's crazy. I mean, when I hit that homer, it got really loud, and then when Albert came to hit, it got really yeah. loud. So it's just our fan base is unbelievable, and uh, I'm so happy that they came out and uh, – 
It gives you extra motivation to play hard for them. I bet it does, and I bet they were motivated when Albert Pujols was honored before the game, a number five from the Green Monster and delivered by Michael Waka and among the group there, David Ortiz, Big Poppy, the two embraced. Great moment there for Albert Pujols. I know he appreciated that thunderous ovation from the Red Sox faithful at Fenway Park and a lot of Cardinals fans again mixed in there. We'll go in one minute live to Fenway. Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel with us right here. Sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it- Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. What a scene at Fenway Park yesterday, and I know he was soaking it all in. That's the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, Holly Marmel, with another game just two and a half hours away. Good morning and happy Father's Day, Ollie. How are you? Good morning. Appreciate it, Tom. I'm doing well. It's good to hear from you, and I know that yesterday, Oliver Marmel, was a special day for everybody involved. Let me start with this. You show up to the ballpark. It's Fenway Park. You came off a loss on Friday. I said this on the air a couple of times today. Nobody likes to lose. Certainly not me, and definitely not you. However, I thought that the way that you fought in the ninth inning made that one of the more impressive games of the year, even though you lost the ball game. Does that make sense? And did you feel that a little bit coming into Saturday? Yeah, no doubt about it. The guys, uh, to be down and force them to use their closer when they didn't want to, and then put up a couple, uh, against their closer. That, uh, that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, these guys are continuing to fight hard regardless of inning or score. And, uh, that's what you want to see. It, it's going to allow us to continue to, to string together some wins. And, uh, although we lost, it was good to see the fight. I've spent a lot of time at Fenway park and I've, I've said this a lot that I found the fans to be incredibly respectful of the Cardinals in their history and understanding there was, a, I, I know they have some edge to them up there, but there's something a little bit different when the Cardinals come in. I think there's an appreciation and there's a common feel and love for the game. And I saw it when Albert Pujols walked out on the field yesterday to be honored by that team that was very special. Can you take us through it from your perspective? Oh, it was definitely special, and, and you could definitely sense the level of respect there is for our organization and the history and um, just the, the winning tradition that, that St. Louis has. So you, you do feel that when you walk into this place, and uh, it's a great place. I'll start with that. Um, love playing here the last couple of days. It's been, been great. Um, the way they honored Albert, uh, was special and well-deserved. When, when you think about the career this guy's had, um, going to these ballparks, and it's the last time he'll ever step foot uh, as a player in these in these stadiums, man, they did it right. And uh, they, they had Big Poppy come out and with Devers and Bogarts and, and Waka and hand him uh, a piece of the green monster with the number five. And uh, it, it was special. It was really good to see them honor him to that degree and, and take the time to do that pregame. I know how much he appreciates it. Does it give a little extra to your team as well? And you kind of said this in spring training that this bringing Albert Pujols was not about nostalgia necessarily. This was about adding a champion, a winner. Um, Does that affect the clubhouse when he goes through something like that? 
Yeah, it does because the guys, um, it just reminds you what type of career this guy has had and the um, the knowledge and wisdom that that comes with that. Um, it's uh, it's settling and, and for some of the young guys to just sit back and, and realize what's really taking place is a big deal. And um, so yesterday was was cool, not only for Albert but for everybody in that in that dugout. Yeah, it was neat to see. And maybe the president of the Albert Pujols fan club is Nolan Arenado. And he hit an absolute bomb in the first inning. I know he's charged up right now, and I think he really likes playing in that ballpark. We just heard his interview with Dan McLaughlin. Um, describe those two that he hit, the one on Friday, and then yesterday, that one might still be uh, heading to the Massachusetts Turnpike. I mean, they were both hammered. Uh, the one off Walker went a long ways in that 3-1 count. I mean, no doubter on both of them. Um, but he's swinging the bat well. Uh, he's taking really good at bats. When he's able to do that and take that pitch and, and hit it out to the left and then stay on some pitches through the four hole like he did yesterday for a base hit really hard off the bat, um, he's in a good spot right now. And getting him hot with Goldie and a couple of others that are contributing right now and Eddie and Donovan, you go down that list. I mean, O'Neal with the homer yesterday, Gorman hit one. Uh, Bader had a three knocks. When, when you put that all together, it could be a, it, it's a fun lineup with some depth. Yeah, you did. You had it going yesterday. You won 11-2. to two. You got it rolling in that sixth inning with the O'Neal home run, and then off the Cardinals went and picked up a victory. And now you have uh, Andre Pallante uh, starting against the Red Sox today, and his catcher is Ivan Herrera. Let's talk about the young man who is batting ninth and catching today. Andrew Kisner is also on this roster with Yadier Molina dealing with some knee soreness. Is that the official diagnosis there, just a worn-out knee for the moment, needs some rest? Yeah, this guy's been dealing with it all year. Um, if you go back to his late arrival to spring training, he tried to ramp up as quickly as possible to be ready for that first series um, of the year, and the reality is he's been dealing with the knee for since the very beginning. Um, as of late, had it trained a couple times, a couple cortisone shots just to try to be able to play through it. And uh, it got to the point where, um, honestly, Tommy couldn't push off of it, and there wasn't a whole lot of production because of it. So uh, he thought, and we thought, it made the most sense to go ahead and try to rest it and uh, get it right prior to to, to joining us again. So uh, unfortunately, we don't have him, um, but uh, it gives uh, Herrera a shot to come up here and, and show what he's capable of doing. What do you when you see Herrera? How do you describe him, Oliver? Yeah, he's a very serious kid. Um, goes about his business in a, just a serious manner. He cares, uh, cares about winning, uh, cares about uh, his development as far as getting better. Um, and he's put together a good year down there. He's uh, he's continuing to improve his defense, and uh, he's put together a, a pretty offensive year down in AAA. So he'll have a shot to come here and, and get some playing time and prove what he's capable of doing. That's uh, something that I know does take some time, but this catching position, there's just been something really nice about this organization and catchers over the last <laughs> 18 years. Uh, longer than that, actually, because you got to throw Matheny in there. there. This has been a good run for catching for this organization. I, it has to be nice to have that wealth. Uh, no doubt about it. And that's, the, that's just the, the truth. Um, there's a high expectation for that position. You command the field. And uh, we just expect uh, just an extremely high level of preparation going into each game. And um, this is a great opportunity for him to show early on if he's, uh, if he's capable of doing that and to what degree and what areas we need to continue to pour into him. 
But um, today he'll, he'll be behind the plate, and we look forward to seeing it. Looking forward to seeing this team. This uh, outfield is intact with O'Neill in left. Bader will be in center today, batting eighth, and Carlson in right. Uh, he's the number six hitter in the lineup, and um, look who's in there. Albert Pujols as the DH, batting seventh. That's the lineup. Edmund Donovan, Goldschmidt, Arenado, O'Neill, Carlson, Pujols, Bader, and Herrera, and then Palante on the hill. Uh, Palante, the key for him to be successful. Ali, what is it? Man, just continue to do what he's doing. His uh, his stuff is electric. That that cutter moves. Um, it, it's tough to barrel up. He's going to be on the ground a lot. He's going to get lefties out. Um, so for him, it's just continuing to attack that strike zone and let his stuff play. He's uh, he's in a good spot both physically and mentally. Um, so we yeah, we want him on that bump today. And the Cardinals' bullpen will be ready to roll. Yesterday, you look at uh, what happened. I know that this was a blowout of a game, but, man, Zach Thompson, wow. I mean, <laughs> he looked kind of, dare I say, dominating. I mean, he, three innings of a hitless ball. Uh, he walks no one. He strikes out four. Wow. I mean, I know he's, I know he's had high hopes, but... Uh, that is a tremendous 50-pitch outing, Ollie. Um, dominating is a really good way to describe it. You look at him there, and you, we thought about taking him out after the second inning and not tacking on an extra inning of work on him. So he's ready in Milwaukee. Um, but we also wanted to see what he's capable of doing in an environment like this. Boston's a, a tougher place to play compared to some others with just overall excitement, but there's three right-handers coming up and really good right-handers. Um, and uh, Martinez, Bogart's and story, and we wanted to see what those matchups look like. And he uh, he kept the he kept the pedal down, and it looked really good. Um, so that was encouraging for him and for us. Can I ask you also, uh, just a, a behind-the-scenes prepping for a game, is there anything extra that you do when the weather drops like that? I mean, you were just playing in 102, something like that, and now you're playing in 62. I mean, it, it is yeah. – is that is it that big of a deal? Uh, no, it, it, it isn't. I mean, um, I prefer to be hot and cold, but uh, a couple sweatshirts and we'll be all right. But nothing <laughs> nothing too crazy. It's, uh, it's in the 60s, uh, maybe high 50s right now, but we should be all right. And then just in our final moments, let's talk about being a dad. I've seen you with your kids, um, and I know that it's, I, I call it the greatest job in the world. Uh, you have a balance in your life where you have uh, a lot of dedication to being the manager of the Cardinals, but I know that uh, you spend all the time that you can with your kids. Just what, tell me about being a dad and what that means to you. It's uh, being a husband and a dad is uh, everything to me, man. Um, this job is cool. One day I won't have it, but I'll still have my family. And that's the way I look at it, man. And my Kurt, that's all the fathers out there is to think of it that way as well. As far as there, it's hard to balance the work life, especially if you want to excel and be great at something in the family life. But, uh, it's how intentional you are with, um, how you approach those two things. And, uh, I try to be super intentional about when I'm here at work, I'm here at work and, and I'm going to give it everything I have. Once I leave here, I'm dad and uh, be intentional about how I spend time with my daughters and, and what we do and how we talk and, and just everything. Um, so yes, absolutely love this job, but uh, love being a father more.
I wanted to read you something that David Freese said, and then I'll let you go because I know you got a job to do here at Fenway. But David Freese posted something a few days ago that I loved, and you and I know him well. And he said, these three constantly remind me, and it was a picture of his two kids and his wife, uh, that life is about making memories to look back on and that every morning is a new start. Having what I've always wanted, besides a band name, uh, makes me uneasy sometimes. He said, I get caught seeing life as complete. Knowing each kid is a different half of me makes me smile and ready for the tough because the tough has always been worth it. Pretty good. Love that. Pretty good read by David. No doubt about it. Absolutely love that. I appreciate your time very much. Happy Father's Day. Good luck today. Going to get a series win at Boston's famed Fenway Park. Appreciate you. No, I appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for having me. There's the Cardinals manager, Oliver Marmel, with us on KMOX. As the Cardinals go for a game today at 1235. When we come back, we're going to stay in Boston and talk about the U.S. Open. KMOX's Dan Reardon keeping an eye on things at the Country Club in Brooklyn, Brookline, Massachusetts. That's where it's located. That's ne- This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Next on KMOX's Sports on a Sunday Morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday Morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 
We are back. It is the Stiefel Sports Studio. It's sports on a Sunday morning. Let's talk U.S. Open. One great conversation there with Oliver Marmel, Cardinals manager. Our visit with Ollie you can hear right now on the Odyssey app in just a little bit. We'll have it up on the Sports on a Sunday Morning podcast page on KMOX.com. Good morning, Dan Reardon. <laughs> that was a beast of a U.S. Open yesterday, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fine and enjoying uh, sort of being reconnected to a golf course I fell in love with in 1988. You know, the country club, it has no artificiality whatsoever about the golf course. It's sort of the anti-peak die golf course. And uh, I think that really comes across well, even on television at a thousand miles away. It's a great, great golf course. I can see that. And you better be careful because you can get in trouble very quickly. It can really snowball on you. If you're not in the fairway or on the greens, I think that's the case with a lot of golf courses, but this one in particular, don't you think? I mean, it can get away from you. There's no place to hide, and, and it also exposes your flaws. So everybody on this leaderboard, whether it's Zelatoris with the putter, Fitzpatrick with the pitching game, or Rom with the, the, the emotion, or Scheffler with the, the busy feet, every player's uh, flaw has been exposed this week by the golf course and the weather. And by the way, the weather today is cooler, but the wind is still there. And because it exposes that, if you really want to try to figure out who's going to win today, it's going to be the guy that is able to compensate for his flaw uh, against the assault that the golf course throws at him on every hole. There is not a swing you can make at uh, the country club of the book line that you can just take the swing off. You always have to be on every every step of the way here's your group right now everybody involved and could someone emerge beyond this maybe uh but probably not here's your group will zalatoris matt fitzpatrick both four under for the championship they tee off together at 145 central time then you have john rom he's three under he goes at 134 along with keegan bradley they who's two under adam hadwin scotty scheffler each two under par Sam Burns, Rory McIlroy still hanging in there. They're at one under. They tee off at 112. Joel Dahman and Nick Hardy go at 101. Hardy's even par. I think anybody who's over par is probably out of it, but who knows? I mean, they there could be a major swing here. If I were looking at that group, just based on what I heard yesterday, I liked what I heard from John Rahm. I think that he embraces a thinking man's golf course, which is what I think he believes it is. Do you, do you agree with that? Uh, I don't, certainly don't disagree with the option of John Rahm being the one that, 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 that steps out uh, among the group. I mean, if you, if you take away, and you can't, as I said, you can't take a swing off. If you ta- take away the one swing he makes on the 18th hole, he's actually our leader at five under par and, and played probably as well as, Zalatoris or Fitzpatrick did yesterday. Um, it's it's so hard to imagine back-to-back open championships, even though we saw it with Brooks Kepa, even though this golf course is half of one of that, those combinations. As I said, 88, I was there with Curtis Strange when that was the first of back-to-back open championships. I think that's the, the only thing that I call into question is, can you be that magical two years in a row? Not that talented, not that fortunate, just that, effective two years in a row but uh the answer is you can give me almost any player on this leaderboard and i can make an argument for and against 
And Rahm is somebody who probably has a stronger argument for than against. Before we talk about our leaders, Rory McIlroy, how did he fall back a little bit? Probably for the same reasons as most, but does he have a shot at this? Absolutely. You know, Rory was my pick going in. And, and I'll tell you what I liked about yesterday. Rory basically one-putted the back nine to stay at one under for the championship. And we know that Rory can drive the ball. And he's always going to be weak with his wedges. Uh, so he can't always take advantage. And particularly on a firm golf course, you know, they talked yesterday about Rory doesn't play well in the wind. It's not so much the wind, I think, that bothers Rory. is the firmness of the greens that's produced by the wind. That was always his problem at Augusta. And, um, you know, this is going to be a firm, fast golf course again today. But he, he can drive the ball, and if he can putt the ball to erase the occasional mistakes, then he becomes dangerous. And, and it is not a golf course that anybody is going to throw a big round at. You know, 66, I think, is the lowest round we've seen all week, a four under par round. So he's within three of those top two names on the leaderboard. If he can get that 68, 67 round out of, out of him, and he's certainly capable of that, I think he's very definitely a factor down the stretch. Will Zalatoris, he is the name that's created a buzz ever since he made his run last year. He's gotten so close, Dan. What has he done to change his game and to keep himself at the top? Two things. He's managed the the game extremely well. You know, as you watch him go through the golf course over the first three days, T.D. Green, he hits the ball extremely well, but he's made good choices. You know, I was fortunate enough in the spring to spend two days with Scott Fawcett who is the person that has taught him course management. And you can see uh, Zalatoris over the ball making good choices. He made a couple of bad choices on Sunday at Tulsa, and it cost him his chance to win the PGA Championship. He's been better this week. The, the answer for him always comes down to the putter, though. Can he effectively putt his way through the round? In that sense, he's very much like McElroy. And yesterday, or actually for the first three days, he's putted very well. And it's not the long putts that affected Zalatoris. It's the short putts. And, and he talked about the, the fast greens sort of erase his problems. He's not a guy that likes to hit putts. He's a, li- he's a guy that likes to stroke putts. And when he gets to the short putts, he wants to be able to stroke them into the hole. He doesn't want to have to hit them into the hole. So watch to see what he does early in the round with the putter, particularly inside 10 feet. And you'll get a pretty good sense of if, Zal- if Zalatoris can manage the rest of the round he can be a factor as well. Justin Thomas defeated Will Zalatoris in a three-hole playoff to win the PGA Championship this year. So Zalatoris is certainly tested there, but maybe a forgotten name is Matt Fitzpatrick. Now, he finished in a tie for fifth in that same tournament. He finished in a major tied for fifth. That was actually his highest finish ever in a major. And he's won at the country club, hasn't he, Dan? He won the U.S. Amateur there back in 13. He has, and he's tried to repeat everything about that experience including staying with the Sam family, sleeping in the same bed that he did uh, nine nine years ago. Uh, Again, we talk about exposing flaws. Where does Fitzpatrick fail? He fails from 30 yards into the green. You know, he actually pitches and chips cross-handed. That's how flawed that part of his game is. And and that that was very apparent when he got in trouble on that Sunday at Southern Hills. So watch Fitzpatrick. If he can hit green, and I mean that you can say that for every player, but particularly in the case of Fitzpatrick, if he can hit, hit greens, he puts well enough to to take advantage of that. 
and he's gotten bigger, physically bigger. You can see that he's been in the weight room. So he no longer has to apologize for his length off the tee. In fact, yesterday he bragged about the fact that players he used to look up to, he now looks back at. So watch him from 30 yards into the green to see how often he puts himself in that situation and how well he handles it. I actually think the firmness of the greens at, at Brookline will work against him in that regard. A lot of players missed the cut uh, that were big names, Dan. I'd say the biggest of which would be Phil Mickelson, not only because of his track record, but because that he was the center of a lot of discussion. Uh, let's kind of circle back to that. I was hoping for an LIV-free uh, zone here this weekend, but I, I got to ask, what has the buzz been like at the U.S. Open, and what was Phil Mickelson's issue in the first two days that knocked him out so quickly? You know, you could see on Monday that Mickelson was going to be in trouble. Um, he looked he looked sad at his Monday press conference. He looked he was very apologetic about his Monday press conference. Um, this should have been a celebration week for Mickelson. First of all, it's, it's always his birthday. Second, we knew the clock was ticking down on how many more U.S. Opens he would have a chance to play in. And from the get-go, I mean, he came out on Thursday, and he just didn't belong on the golf course. You know, he goes out and shoots – 77 and this you know live or not uh, this is probably the last time we'll see phil mickelson in a u.s open championship Uh, certainly the last time uh he had a chance to win one was a few years back but um you know mike Wan, the new commissioner the the new uh, head of the usga said to the players from the liv tour we weren't going to take you out this year because uh you had earned your way into this championship but don't count on that next year. I thought that was a warning shot that was way louder than it got played by anybody in the media. I think that uh, Juan spoke for Augusta National. He spoke for the RNA, and he spoke for the PGA Championship saying, next year will be a different world, and we will not guarantee you a place in our fields. Mm, wow. And I, you know, I see Dustin Johnson at two over. I mean, is it the last time we see DJ in the U.S. Open? You know, I mean, very po- Yeah. Very possibly, Tom. I, I'm one of the skeptics of, of LIV, not in terms of whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm a skeptic of since the Saudis have unlimited money, this will be an unlimited run. I don't believe that will be the case. I think if this thing fails, it's going to fail in a, in a big, big way, and it's going to fail early. And I don't think the Saudis are in this for embarrassment. I think they're in this this experiment to try to create positive public relations. And, and, and if it fails, then what happens to the players who took the money and ran, literally took the money and ran? Are they forgiven and, and forgotten? Are, are they the prodigals that return to the PGA Tour? That would be the case of Dustin Johnson. Dan, how does that work? Uh, that RNA, the USGA, and the PGA of America, and other bodies for that matter, how do they come together and take a stand together and say, no more majors for you. Like paint that picture for me. How does that, how does that come together? They actually have an easy path to follow. If the courts don't intervene in order to get into those championships. And we're not talking about Dustin Johnson who won the masters or somebody who has a win kind of exemption into an event, but you don't get into any of these majors except through the official world golf rankings. Okay. So if you're in the top 60, let's say, or top 50, depending on the event, in the world golf rankings, you're exempted into those fields. Well, they don't get any points now when they play in these events. Now, you know, starting uh, the the next time at pumpkin Ridge, if Dustin Johnson wins the LIV event at pumpkin Ridge, he gets zero points in the original world golf rankings. 
So by this time next year, all the players of any consequence who would ordinarily have enough points to get into the majors will have fallen like a stone off of that ranking. And once they no longer have the world golf rankings to get them in, they have no other way in. Now, that could be that could go to a lawsuit. But keep in mind the people that sit on the board of the world of, of, of the uh, world golf rankings. It is Mike Juan. It is the Masters. It is the PGA. It is the RNA. Those are the people that cast the vote on whether to submit or to accept these t- uh, events as deserving of uh, world golf ranking points or to take them out of the mix. And right now the feeling is, and like I said, I, I lean heavily on the stern message for Mike Juan. I, I lean heavily on the idea that these guys believe that they are not going to be uh, accepted by, in the world golf rankings, and those players will disappear from the, the entry point into the majors. KMOX's Dan Reardon reporting on the U.S. Open, Brookline, the country club in Massachusetts, not far from where the Cardinals are playing at Fenway Park. The players will be on the course in just a bit and will be competing for, in fact, well, there's a bunch on the course right now, and then they're continuing to tee off as we speak. Adam Scott and Richard Bland, the next to go. And on and on it goes until we find our leaders teeing off at 145. Will Zalatoris and Matt Fitzpatrick leading the going into the final round of the U.S. Open at four under for the championship. Dan, really appreciate the time. Enjoy it, Tom. It's a great golf course. It will be a great Sunday. Can't wait. A great viewing for all of our fathers out there. It's 1045. Jack Buck, a tribute on Father's Day next. It's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's the great American pastime, baseball. It's not just a game invented for athletes who can run from home to first in four seconds, or throw a ball 90 miles an hour, or hit a ball over the fence. It's a game made for kids and played by kids and those who still have a lot of little kid inside them. And it's more than just a game. More than anything else, baseball is memories. Memories pressed between the pages of my mind. It's Lou Gehrig's farewell speech at Yankee Stadium, echoing in the minds of everyone who was there. I consider myself or wishes they had been there. On the face of the earth. It's Bobby Thompson's dramatic ninth-inning home run against Brooklyn and the memory of Russ Hodges' play-by-play. It's every kid who ever went to bed with a transistor radio tucked beneath their pillow listening to the game and pretending to be asleep when their parents came in to check on them before the parents went to their own bedroom to finish listening to the game. Even more than all that, it's our own memories of our own field of dreams. We are all Kevin Costner playing catch again with his departing father. That's why, to me or any other baseball fan, 
The story isn't about baseball or cornfields or a wish come true. It's about family. The real pull is father-child. Throughout this century, baseball has grown into a painless means of bringing abrasive generations together smoothly. Remember how much fun it was to hit your dad's pitching and watch while he chased the ball? It's not often the parent does the chore for the child anymore. As a teenager, it was a relief to use the ballpark as a demilitarized zone during generation gap hostilities over politics, grades, clothes, cars, haircuts, music. As a young adult, talking baseball was a reliable way to cut through long absences and put a homecoming on solid diamond hard ground. Now, as we become parents ourselves, the force of these signposts can be doubled as we go through the same drills with our children. There is certainly something unique about baseball that produces these happenings. The father-child bond could be welded over cards or car mechanics. What is special about an activity like baseball is that so many families have been tied to it for so many decades. It has been and still remains the most common denominator for most of us. Remember the kid who was so thrilled to get his first baseball bat at Christmas? He couldn't wait to take it outside and play pepper. He held it as carefully as a Nintendo joystick, took a couple of practice swings and clicked on a smile that would light up an Iowa cornfield at midnight. Then he fungoed an easy grounder to his old man, who was wearing a battered catcher's mitt given to him so many years ago by his father. Baseball is the smell of leather, the crack of the bat, the bumpy cushion of grass, and the roar of the crowd. Hot dogs, beer, soda, popcorn, peanuts, cracker jacks. It's the souvenir pennant of your favorite team that still hangs on the wall. It's the voices of our childhood companions filtering through our pillow from that transistor radio. The list is a litany of men with that talent for letting us see in our own mind what was happening on the field. Red Barber, Ernie Harwell, Vince Scully, Harry Carey, Gabby Street, Bob Prince, Lindsey Nelson, Joe Garagiola, Kurt Gowdy, Ned Martin, Ray Scott, Bob Elson, Gene Elston, Jack Quinlan, Earl Gillespie, Jimmy Dudley, Jack Rainey, Mel Allen, Jack Brickhouse, Graham McNamee, and even our 40th president of the United States, Ronald Reagan. What made all these memories was the sum of all those baseball sensations, divided by two, a father and his child. There is still nothing anywhere to beat it. I don't know about you, but I'd give anything to play catch just one more time with my dad. Hey, Dad! Catch! 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 catch. 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 Next hour, Sports on a Sunday Morning continues up until our 11.40 pregame. Cardinals and Red Sox at Fenway Park. John Mosaylock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, joins us for a live interview at 11.15. Before that, Albert Pujols. Five minutes with number five. And what do we talk about today? You got it. Being a dad.
Happy Father's Day. More after the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.